Welcome to Mix Understood, where we explore identity, the meaning of the word race, and talk about the multicultural and multiracial experience with stories from our own lives. I'm Hannah Lee. And I'm Amy. And in today's episode, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. So we happen to mention to some of our mixed actor friends that we are in the midst of exploring the topic of being a mixed actor in the entertainment industry. And we were very pleasantly surprised when it seemed to spark so much conversation amongst them. We were so excited that we decided to do an episode with all of them. So we'll be sharing excerpts from our chats with these four different actors all paving their way in Hollywood. To start with, we have Colin McCalla and Kyla Nova. We'll then share parts of our in-person conversation with Amy Ward. And last but not least, we have a special voice message from Lorenzo Silva. We'll be sharing more about our actors on our social media over the course of the next week. So if you want to get to know them, head on over there. Before we dive into the episode, it's important for us to say that we are here to offer up stories, ideas and various theories for you to consider and of course, decide for yourself in light of your own knowledge and experience. We hope to explore, learn and grow together with you. We're not professing to have the answers. Our aim is just to start conversations around these topics. Brazilian, Mexican American. Uh, my mother is Brazilian and she's from Rio. And um, my dad is Mexican and he's from Chihuahua. But I was born in America, so kind of have a little sprinkle of everything. Um, and I did not grow up with my biological father, so I don't have too much of the Mexican side kind of within me. So I don't know if I would. You know, I definitely feel like I am more connected to my Brazilian side um, just because I had more time growing up with it. My stepfather adopted me when I was one. So he is from Kentucky. So I had really just family from all over, uh, which was amazing in so many ways as well. But I definitely have a lot of different cultural, you know, <laughs> cultural things uh, that I grew up with, which is awesome. My dad was born and raised in Haiti, and my mom is a white woman from Long Island. Uh, so technically, you know, I, I, would cons I consider myself half black, half Haitian, half Caribbean, yeah, all of the above. I definitely identify as half black, you know, I definitely identify as black in general, but I think because I don't necessarily present as black in the age of the internet, I definitely have a bit of insecurity with my identity because you know, it's, 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 it's a little difficult when people perceive you one way, but you know, you identify in another. This gets more layered when Colin and Kyla are auditioning and going up for roles based on how they are perceived in the make-believe world of Hollywood, which can place them under the umbrella of other ethnicities. We ask them what roles they are usually going out for. Everything under the sun. I mean, I think my main ones are a variation of Latino roles and then Indian and Middle Eastern as well because I am definitely on the darker side for a Latina. You know, most of the actors that I see representing Latinas are kind of more fair skin and, um, you know, there kind of isn't really 
the representation of darker Latinas, which I hope will change, but does kind of put me into this other box of where they're like, oh, like, are you Latina or are you something else? And like, I think that's also been my whole life is that no one has really been able to tell what I am. More recently, I have been getting auditions for like Brazilian characters, which are, you know, rare to come across as well. Um, And I think that's just due to Latin representation in Hollywood, you know, slowly, slowly getting uh, more and more representation. I'm so grateful for, and hopefully that will continue to increase. I've gotten um, some auditions for African-American roles as well. Not as many as Indian and Middle Eastern roles, but it's been sprinkled in there. And I do think those are roles that I typically try to not do and I kind of decline unless like you know it's about you know what I mean like it's not in relation to their culture or anything you know what I mean like anything like that um but most of the time I don't even really do the audition just because you know I don't want to portray um something that that I'm not So Kyla rarely gets opportunities to audition or play for Brazilian characters. She's too dark to play Latina roles. And she also doesn't relate to Mexican culture the way she does with other parts of her heritage and the predominantly white American culture she was raised in. And then on top of that, another layer. Even though I'm not Indian or Middle Eastern, I have also grown up kind of being looked at as if I was, and I've been called names as if I, you know, like I've been stereotyped as Indian. I have been, you know, called names in school that, you know, are super disrespectful. Um, And, you know, and almost in a way felt like a little part of me almost is because I am like treated as though I am, which is so strange. Like, obviously I don't have the same cultural understanding and all of that. Like, you know, of course I can't speak on that, but it is such an an odd thing to also realize that you are perceived in one way and kind of almost treated in that way as well. You know, it's still something that I am trying to wrap my head around as I'm just getting into my adult life. And how do you navigate your career when you're part of a race or a culture that is sometimes perceived and portrayed in a general, broad, or skewed way? Yeah, so I've auditioned for pretty much every single ethnicity under the sun, but I find where I get the most traction, uh, you know, most callbacks, bookings, pins, etc., is definitely, you know, either in the Latino category or when when there's no race specified. Technically... Uh, Haiti is a Latino country. Um, it is in Latin America and it shares a border with the Dominican Republic, you know, and the only thing really separating the two countries is, you know, culture and uh, a bit of culture and and language, of course. Um, but, you know, even despite that, obviously, like, I don't necessarily consider myself Latino because in the mainstream, like, we don't think of Haitians as Latinos per, per se. You know, obviously, they're black and they have a different... Um, culture that's more tied to you know french culture but something i do have a little fear of you know in the future is you know in this age where everyone wants the characters to be played by the exact ethnicity that the actor is um you know i do have a fear that even though you know technically i may be latino this that and the third that you know one day i'll be in a press junket and you know after playing a big latina role and we'll have to answer 
some question to the culture and someone's going to come cancel me on Twitter or something. But that's the game. But as as of now, you know, I think I do feel comfortable taking Latino roles, you know, and, and, and working in those spaces. Because, again, like, I think that, you know, it is something that I am perceived as and, like, I do feel cl- close to the culture, even though it's not exactly mine. And, yeah, for the Twitter trolls, it probably won't be enough that I technically um, am Latino, but, yeah. I do, I would feel more comfortable playing roles where, like, it's not about the fact that the character is Latino, you know, it's not like the culture is super ingrained to the plot, but rather it just so happens to be this Latino character going through this, these circumstances in this, in this environment. But, you know, it, obviously, if it, if it comes to it where, you know, I do have to play a role that's, that's very closely tied to a specific culture, you know, I would want to do my due diligence and, and do my and be, be respectful to that and like, you know, learn whatever it is I needed to learn and, you know, show the respect however, however I could. But, um, you know, ultimately, it's again, you know, it's it's, it's difficult because it's like it's, you know, I, no one really knows what the exact right answer is, you know, and all I can do is just, you know, hope for another job. <laughs> Right. It would really depend on the role and, you know, the entire story of my character and what impact my culture would have on the entirety of the story or, you know, the film or the show or whatnot. I just hope that we can all be empathetic to each other and our struggles and what we're out here trying to pursue and that as we continue to pursue the thing that we love which is acting you know hopefully where we're born and the and the things that we had no choice of you know ultimately gets in the way of that you know to a certain extent and i think that you know ultimately you know i hope that we can all continue to be able to pursue this career in multiple avenues and approach it with respect and hopefully not be deterred by certain expectations that you know society and the general internet and public wants to put on us sometimes. Thank you so much to Kyla and Colin. We know that there are so many more actors out there who are also navigating the complexities of the casting process right now. Let's continue this with Amy Ward and Lorenzo Silva. So if somebody was to say to you that annoying question of like, how do you see yourself? (laughs) That annoying question of how do you see yourself? The annoying question is, so like, like what what are you? I am Korean Irish. I identify as a hopper. What kind of roles do you go up for within like the TV and film industry? It tends to be racially ambiguous roles mm-hmm. or where the breakdown is clearly they're just looking for some form of diversity, somewhat someone of color. And it will say like mixed, but then, you know, it's the I believe the digital boxes that they've checked, but it's you know, East Asian, Pacific Islander, um, I, I believe the, the words that they're still using, at least on, on breakdowns, is, is Native American or Indigenous. Um, just a myriad of things that uh, clearly they're not looking for a half Asian woman, although I did get the opportunity to audition for a pretty major project that was about a Hapa woman. Um, and I always get really excited when I have the opportunity to play characters like that. When I was a girl, there was you know, really nobody that looked like me on television. Uh, like uh, Brenda Song was someone that I, I got all the time. But that was about it um, in terms of people that look like me that are playing a role that like I could maybe see myself in. Yeah, um, when I was growing up, you know how you say, 
you, you're with your friends and you're like, oh, who do you look like? And they will yep. say a name. Mm-hmm. And, da, da, da. and then my only option was Lucy Liu. Yep. <laughs> there was no other like celebrity yeah. to say that I looked like. I look nothing like Lucy Liu. Yeah, but you was, look much was... more like Lucy Liu than I do. Okay. And I got Lucy Liu a lot. <laughs> Did you? Up. Oh my oh God. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, I'm flattered. I'm like, the, what an incredible compliment. And yet... No, I don't look anything like her. Uh, I wish in my dreams. She's stunning, but I'm like, uh, yeah. no, I look absolutely nothing like her. I'm just like remotely Asian. And yeah. that's the one woman you can point to. And there just weren't, there weren't a lot of roles unless it was like we can, the few characters where it really doesn't matter. They never reference race, which was, which was rare then too. There were just so many things that were just off the table. It was assumed like... Even when I was in college that I was like, my God, like I love certain works like um, one of my favorite, favorite plays is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf by oh, Edward Albee. Yeah. And I wrote my college essay about that. But it was just always um, recognized by by myself and by everybody that like I, I wasn't ever going to play Martha. That would never be mm. a casting opportunity for me because I am Asian. And it's never specified anything about her race in that play. Yeah. Um, and now, fortunately, we're at a place where I'm, I think there are productions that have been done with, you know, various people of color in that show. I'm really happy to see, and that there's so much more diversity and Asian women playing just a, a complex human being experiencing, you know, the, the trials that we all face in life. It's, you know, work and relationships and family, and they've gotten wrapped up in crime, whatever TV show's going on. And it's not about what they look like. Yeah. And the fact that they like are Asian or are white. And there just was not any of that really for me growing up. So I'm like, oh, thank God that we're in an era now. Um, And in such a short amount of time, right? We're talking about when I was, you know, eight through 18 um, to 18 to 28. Within those 10 years, it's just things have changed so much. So I'm really happy for that. And I'm glad that there's the opportunity for that to not be such a constricting thing, you know? Okay, so in an article on globalcomment.com from September 2017, written by Louise Hung, we have an example, I'm just going to quote directly from the article here. Over the summer, actor Adam Beach from Suicide Squad called upon his fellow native actors to boycott the upcoming Paramount series Yellowstone. In an Instagram post, Beach called the casting of Kelsey Aspill, also Kelsey Chow, a failure in diversity. Aspill, an Asian American, her father is Taiwanese and her mother is of British descent, has been cast as a native American woman. And he said in his post, failure in diversity. I'm asking my native actors to stay away from this project, Yellowstone. Yellowstone is telling the world that there are no native actresses capable of leading a TV show, unless your great-great-great-grandparents are Cherokee. Though Aspil claimed to have some Cherokee on her mother's side, she showed no public interest in her Native American background prior to being cast as a Native woman in another project, Wind River, also by Yellowstone, executive producer Taylor Sheridan. Before Wind River, Aspil identified with Asian culture, expressing a wish to improve her Mandarin and see more Asian people cast in film and television. This is not to say that Aspil doesn't have Cherokee ancestry, she may very well, but to put it bluntly, it appears as if Aspil strongly 
identified as a mixed race Asian American woman until it was convenient or necessary to call upon her Native American blood. Many from the Native American community commented on Beach's post saying that being Native American is more than just having blood like so many white Americans claim. See Johnny Depp as Tonto in the Lone Ranger movie. It's about commitment to the culture, its beliefs, being invested, knowing the history of one's people, a connection to being Native American. So this opens This is a, a big conversation. Yeah, it opens a yeah. huge can of worms. Well, which would they rather have? If you take the extremes, right? Some like blonde-haired, blue-eyed person and raised by in- indigenous peoples and they don't know anything about white American culture. They just really weren't engaged. They, were, they have grown up with all of the cultural practices, mm-hmm. the, the familiarity with the history, the social norms, the cuisine, yeah. the, the religious elements, everything of their indigenous yeah, family. Inter- but they don't they look indigenous at mm-hmm. all because they're not. Or someone who is fully indigenous but did not grow up around it. They don't know anything about their ancestors. They're disconnected from the culture. They're, you know... I know. I guess they're saying they want both. Yeah, or even a third option. A third option is that they did grow up. They are indigenous. They did grow up with all of that. They are committed to the culture, but they don't look it. What an... Okay, great. What What do you do with that person? Well, that's why I was using the extreme of, like, the the person that doesn't look it that's not genetically because... It's like, oh, well, they want it to be a little bit of both. I'm like, well, how much a little bit of both? Because then then you have situations like this where it's like, isn't it funny that you didn't bring this up until now? It's like so accusatory. And it really just is it's extremely reductive um, because there are so many aspects of all of us, not race, not gender, just skill sets and likes and personal history that doesn't come up until in until it's appropriate or until what it, what it, what do they accuse her of until it was convenient mm-hmm. it's yeah. like how how many times do we have friends where it's like oh what you never told me you had 7 years of martial arts training and it's like oh well it wasn't it never came up you know it just wasn't i i don't know we were just we it, it has never come up until it was brought up in conversation. It's like, oh, well, now it's convenient for them to talk about it. I'm like, it's not the exact same, but it's just like... Yeah, I know what you mean. Back in 1938, a German-American-British film actress named Louise Rayner won an Oscar for playing the role of Olan, a struggling Chinese farm wife. And, you know, Reiner was a, an established, highly praised, bankable actress in her time. But another incredibly talented actress tested for that lead role multiple times. Who was it? Her name was Wang Lu Tsang, though professionally she was known as Anna Mae Wang. And um, apparently she lost the role because producers didn't find her beautiful enough for the part. They did, although, um, offer her another role, a supporting role. Um, I'm going to read this quote from um, an article in Vanity Fair by Johanna Desta. It came out uh, May 2020. Wong, meanwhile, was offered a chance to test for the part of Lotus, the film's seductive, conniving courtesan. It was yet another role that amounted to embodying a damaging stereotype. And then they quoted Wong here. I'll be glad to take the test, but I won't play the part, she told MGM at the time. If you let me play Olan, I'll be very glad, but you're asking me, 
with Chinese blood to do the only unsympathetic role in the picture, featuring an all-American cast portraying Chinese characters. Wong didn't end up playing Lotus. So we have this history of yellowface, blackface, racism, whitewashing, but we're in a time now where we're asking that every role be played by an actor of the same ethnicity. May I, like, let me bomb drop. I have played Anna Mae Wong. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, and that was an issue that like, oh, um, you know, that it's not appropriate for me to play Anna Mae Wong being someone who's, you know, Korean and white and not even Chinese. Um, but compared to some of the other actors who auditioned for that role, I actually look more like her. And the person that the, the, most of the team that was working on this project um, were Asian American. Also, let's just hats off to Anna Mae Wong. What, what a brilliant artist and a pioneer mm-hmm. and truly such a brave and intelligent person. Um, I've also played um, Maya Lin, who was the um, architect who designed the Vietnam War Memorial in D.C. And that was controversial and got some backlash because I'm not Asian enough to play those women. But despite being mixed, like the way that I present, like I do, I I do look like them. And I know that my performances were, that I brought the strongest performance of of whoever they, whomever they were auditioning as well. And I loved embodying those, but that was, that was not without backlash for sure of like, she should not be playing this role. Mm, So you faced that too. Uh, mm -hmm. There's this one liner here from, from globalcomet.com where he says, if a person of color does manage to get cast in a mainstream leading role, Buckle up for the backlash. We're, we're actually damaging opportunity here for minority actors. It's like, well, a minority yes. actor just freaking booked a lead role in a major studio film, and now everyone's attacking them. It's like, shouldn't we just be celebrating that this person is in the lead role? And I understand, like, we, I want to be respectful of all cultures and ethnicities and people, and I don't want to undermine anyone, and I don't want anyone to feel underrepresented. But also I feel like we have to be careful with like how, like you were saying, deductive we're, we're getting and, and how strict we're becoming around things because we're act- we could actually end up shutting the door in the faces of people that should actually be in the room. We already have. Or shutting the door in the, in the face of progression, perhaps. So Lorenzo Silva, who couldn't be with us today, he left us a voicemail giving us his story in a nutshell and um, let's have a listen. Hey there, my name is Lorenzo Silva. I am an actor and producer based in Los Angeles. I'm originally from Utah. I grew up in a small town about 35 minutes west of Salt Lake City called Grantsville. Uh, My childhood was interesting because my dad's from Sonora, Mexico and his mother was of indigenous descent, the Yaqui tribe based in Sonora, Mexico and Southern Arizona. And my mother is from Grantsville, as well as a few generations back. I'm actually fifth generation from Grantsville, Utah. My third great-grandfather and his brother-in-law were the first two people to have permanent residence in Grantsville in October 1850. They were Mormon pioneers that came west in the long haul. So, you know, it was kind of a cool childhood and also a bit of an identity crisis because I grew up there, half of my family's from there. But I was pretty much perceived as Latino. My dad was involved in the community in sports and such. And I have an ethnic name and I have a bit of a darker olive complexion. 
And so, you know, automatically people thought I was the Mexican kid. And then rolling into my acting career, I had really long hair. And so it was kind of hard to pin me down as Latino in the Utah market because of the long hair and what people perceive Latinos to look like, whereas I, you know, didn't have darker features. My eyes and my hair, you know, everything's a bit of a lighter brown. Um, And then with the long hair, I was reading for Native American a lot, but oftentimes those roles were going to people who looked like a stereotypical Latino person. Um, And then moving to Los Angeles, kind of a similar situation. You know, I go out for Latino a lot. I go out for Native American a lot. um, But I often find myself booking ethnically ambiguous or all ethnicities, followed by white and then by Latino, which, you know, I'm all three of those, um, which kind of goes back to the identity crisis. And I feel that a lot of people in my situation deal with similar issues, Um, you know, and I have booked roles where I speak Spanish. So it's, I've always found it to be kind of funny, but, you know, going forward with myself and people in my shoes, I think that we need to be cast based upon our skill set and based upon the stories that we can tell and less about how Latino we look or how native we look or how white we look, because, you know, there's so many stories out there to tell and so many people that fit different parameters of what ethnicity should be. And I think it's a very powerful thing. Us mixed people, you know, we, uh, we ride in a different boat and it's cool, man. So thanks for having me on. And I uh, look forward to talking about this a little bit more. Thanks. Wow. Thanks, Lorenzo. Oh, I'm so excited to get to meet him at some point. Mm, yeah. I, I love the way he very succinctly talked about what it's like. The... First of all, I'm like, I'm shocked that I haven't used the term identity crisis thus far myself. And he said it a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, identity crisis is like, could be the title of my autobiography. Um, it's already tricky if we had, a, you know, a job that wasn't in the industry that didn't, where our looks didn't matter in our profession. You're still with the, within your family life, the way that you're perceived on the street, the way that you're oh, yeah. spoke. Like, that's already so complex. And there's yeah. such a, you know... There are many, many wonderful things, but many challenges that come with being a mixed person. You put us like in the industry and with <laughs> casting, like, oh my god, it just throws it up even more, doesn't it's it? It's even more center. of an identity crisis. It really is the ability to tell stories. This, this need to cast people that are exactly like we need um, someone who is, you know, half Dominican, um, a quarter Chinese, and uh, you know, a quarter. Indigenous American who um, is visually impaired um, and who who speaks a certain with a dialect of some sort um, or has a speech impediment. We need to cast exactly that person. Mm. So the search is out to find them. And I'm like, I agree. This this like of course, yellow face, black face need to be a thing of the past. That was horrific. Um, but this obsession with casting someone who is is the character kind of defeats the art of acting in and of itself like we are supposed to be you know professional empaths and and have the ability to take on someone else's experience and embody that to be to be the closest we can be to 
sort of an empty shell, a vessel, I should say, to be the best vessel we can be to tell someone else's story. And so it is and should be our responsibility as an actor, as an artist, to do the role responsibly yourself. Like, it's always so disappointing to me when people who are cast in major features or, you know, mm. massive um, network television shows clearly have not done the work to learn about the culture of the person they are playing, whether it's a person of color or not. It's just, I know certainly as like a Southern person, there's, um, there was a, a, a quite a large project that was done um, about some events that happened in my mother's hometown, which is, I did also grow up there and the, the accent is very similar. Um, and I'm like, I can just tell that like, they spent no time. Yeah. Actually, like, I'm like, so none of y'all, nobody decided like, I'm gonna just spend a weekend to just travel down there and ask people around the town, like, hey, we're we're telling the story, do you mind? Would you have a minute to, to talk? I'd love to, to hear what you have to say, or I'd love to, to ask you some questions, do you mind? Is it all right if I, you know, record the dialect? I really wanna make sure that I do this story justice. Most people in most cultures being approached by actors that are gonna work on some piece are like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. it's an exciting thing. People wanna want to share their story and they, you know, want to be heard and they want to, to yeah, wanna have their stories told and to be told accurately with yeah. care and respect yeah for that's them. really important exactly so i'm like even if you look the part and you have the appropriate ancestry but you know maybe you didn't grow up in that um region where where the story is taking place i'm like if, if you can't visit then we've got the internet now man make some video calls <laughs> write some letters get yeah something. spend some time getting to know the culture of the person that you're going to play so yeah. you, so that you can not just better play them but really respect those stories yeah and just respect people real diversity and inclusion doesn't mean that we will always agree it means that even when we disagree we can still respect each other justin jones fosu one that's always kind of stuck with me is the old jack of all trades master of none yet often better than a master of one like an old proverb I guess but when I when I am feeling that feeling of I don't belong here I don't belong anywhere I'm not enough of this I'm not enough of that I'm like I bring such a unique set of experiences and I have a lot to contribute and I you know we all have our own our own important voice and I'm bringing a lot to the table you are so I might not just fit in one box and sometimes that makes me sad and frustrated but best way to think about it is to appreciate all of the the multitude of stories that I can bring yes. and experiences that I can yeah. hopefully shed light on. Absolutely. Mm. Thank you again so much. It's, uh, yeah, we're, we're loving shining a light on, you know, our, all our different experiences of, you know, being mixed. Yes. And, um, thank you. Thank you to all four of our wonderful actors who are with us today. If you like this episode, please like, subscribe, share with anybody who um, you think would enjoy this too. And we we welcome discussion, we welcome feedback, and suggestions, anything that you want to write yeah. to us about. Yeah, if you have a story or you relate to this, like, we, tell us about it. Well, maybe we'll, you can leave us a, a voice memo too. We'd love to hear from you and what your experience has been. We All will right. speak soon. Bye bye. Thanks, bye. Thanks, Amy. This episode was produced by us. Music by Matthias Kunzli.